Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama at this point for... Yes, it's February. Hopefully yeah. four. Hopefully he's come out by then. Yeah. And my co-host. <laughs> I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever in Discovery Liaison. And we are back with part two of all things birth and babies and all the yes. wonderful things with the wonderful Miss Anne Margolis. Miss the Miss again. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Anne Margolis. That's the language in in, in, in Atlanta. Yes. If you guys. I, you don't want me to put on my Philly accent because I'm from <laughs> Philadelphia. No one will be able to. We don't, we don't pronounce no. T's over there and the O is. But yeah, and then mix that okay. with my original Chicago accent and we would just be. No one would listen to this. Water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we're back with Anne. If y'all missed part one, please go back and listen to it. There's so many good things that we talked about. Anne is a certified nurse midwife, practices holistically. She is the owner of Home Sweet Home Birth. That is not just for home births, but for mamas across the board who just want to deliver in their empowerment, kind of their way. And so we want to continue the conversation. And there was one other one other little myth I wanted you to debunk for us in, preg- in, in labor, I should say. And that is so simple, but eating and drinking Yeah, that is simple. That is simple. If you ask any athlete, um, like running the marathon or any athlete, they have they have hydration and 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 nourishment stations, power nourishments throughout the whole run or um, or throughout whatever they're doing. Right. So the the, the uterus, it it is a lot of work to 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 uh, give birth, uh, to go to be in labor and to give birth. The uterus is a huge is a muscle working very hard and needs hydration and nourishment. And mm-hmm. um, the that myth was based on um, years ago. Uh, the if a mom needs general anesthesia in uh, in labor, uh, aspirate for an emergency cesarean general anesthesia and then aspirate the food into her into her uh into her lungs and that's a serious life-threatening situation well first of all most anesthesia is so much safer today than it was when that when that um opinion came out and um also uh, during a cesarean um even if it's an urgent cesarean a lot of times can be done under epidural but mm-hmm. that being said, um, there is such research coming out that a mom needs to eat and drink in labor. That that is where the research is. There's no research that a mom should fast. And if you know, so aside from what an you know a no athlete trainer would ever you know or, or any athletic organization would ever recommend not drinking and eating during you know I'm talking about power food, nourishing food during whatever they're doing. Same thing as as birth so then i get this well what if she hemorrhages 
You need to have IV access in there. Well, no, you need to have a good nurse who knows how to get an IV in very quickly so that, you know, if there is a hemorrhage, like, like there's this mentality that, that, that goes down to the basic difference between how most um, obstetricians are taught and nurses are taught that, that uh, what if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? Right. So we have to do this, this, that, and this. But, but the vast majority, everything goes right. So that's the, where the midwives come in. We, 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 come to this, we come to this whole conversation that the body knows how to give birth. So if the body knows how to give birth, how can we best support that woman in labor and birth? So she needs to eat and drink. She needs to eat and drink. She, uh, as, and we need to encourage her to eat and drink a lot, you know, often. But yeah, if, if she's vomiting and she's having a long labor and she's getting dehydrated and she's, I'm very glad that I'm skilled at putting in an IV fluids for her. If, if she's really getting dehydrated and she's right. not laboring well, but, yeah. but I'm talking about the healthy, normal labor, a mama needs to eat and drink. So if you're in a hospital setting, you need to sneak the food and, and the, the, the good quality nourishing food and and hydrating right. salts and sugar you know fruit juices and and you know coconut water and miso soup broths and all that it's crazy that you just eat the food when i for my second baby well um, you know was, you could say i i i i'm gonna be eating and drinking you could do that they can't force you, you. Know, when i was younger <laughs> so i had my my son um, I had in florida and my midwife at the time i was, I was in a hospital birth and i was doing a v-back and she was like, hey, have your husband go get some food and bring it back. But you have to like, don't get anything pungent where the nurses can smell it, like hide it. I could get in trouble. Well, and, he I can like, eat. and I was like, oh, my gosh, wait. And it made it like this fear based. Yeah, thing. And right. I remember saying like, oh, my, my midwife is letting me eat. Oh, she's letting <gasps> me get food. And I was like, like, now I look back on that. and I'm like. That is she should be encouraging you to get food. Yeah. <laughs> that they're letting me eat and I have to hide right. it from the rest of the hospital. Like, it's crazy. And we accept wild. this as like the, the hospitals are not, in, they're not your police. They're not institutions of authority over your body. You actually medically and legally, you have authority over your body and your baby. Medically and legally, unless right. you're, you know, abusing your baby. But I'm just saying like you have a right to your autonomy and they have a legal right to support that right the doctors but what we go in thinking they need to let me or they don't allow and yeah. right any kind of language like that i have to do no the but you know yeah different. when you're in a vulnerable situation which which labor is you know yes you are going to find your power and you're going to birth but it is a, it is a vulnerable situation that's why throughout the history women supported women you know we weren't birthing alone we were birthing with support and so um you know that you might need uh, support in that situation. You're, that's not a time when, when you know, you, 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 sometimes in labor when someone says you can't do something because what if, what if we have a hemorrhage? I mean, you, you're going to be, of it's course you don't want a hemorrhage and be, yeah. not be revived. I mean, you know, but yeah. You, so it, it's unfortunately um, a, a culture that people have bought into and have surrendered their power. Yeah. Uh, un, unbelievable how that's happened. Absolutely. And then I think also kind of picking back off of that a little bit is the power has been stripped so much during pregnancy and delivery, but then also postpartum. There, postpartum, all the focus goes to baby and my pediatric side understands that and assessing baby, making sure baby is okay. But we have completely forgotten 
that mom needs to heal and the proper way of healing. So I want to give you the floor a little bit for that with what are what are some of the things that you are teaching your patients or your clients for that postpartum period to be prepared for it the best that they can? Well, yeah, it's the forgotten fourth trimester, which yeah. which we alluded to. Um, so I encourage them. We This is a discussion we have in pregnancy. Um, this is on my course for the online community, but but like in summary, I want them to have. So I want them to realize that the throughout the world, you know, there's different traditions, but but basically, at le- you know, at least for the first month, maybe more, women are really encouraged to stay in the house. They're like not allowed out. I mean, or, or you know, they're they're just off. They are off from childcare of the older siblings. They're off mm-hmm. from work. They're off from um, errands and cooking and cleaning. They're, you know, with the w- other women in the community and friends and family are taking over this because their priority is to heal mm-hmm. and their priority is to get the breastfeeding. And that's it, right? So, so, so we live in the West and unfortunately we don't, we're a lot of us are not in a community like that. We don't have that. So, so I like to take them in pregnancy and talk about how can we support you in postpartum? We have to create that now. Do you have anyone in your church? Like, like some people say my, you know, my, my mom, my family lives out of state. They can't come. They're working or my mother can't take off work or my, I don't want my mother around. She makes me tense or not, you know, my mother, my mother-in-law makes me tense, but some people say, okay, you know, I'll take out the, I want, we need support. So she is off duty at least for the month, six weeks I'll take, but I'm happy if I get the month. Sometimes I'll get two weeks. I'm like, nope, we need a month. So, so okay, mother-in-law can come in for the week. That's awesome. And my mom can come in for the week. That's awesome. Not the same week. We have to take one week. That's mom going to come. Mother-in-law come the other week. And 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 now we have to look at um we have to look at ch- so the four things child care. So if it's her first baby, she doesn't have to worry about that. But you know, it's the care of the older siblings is huge mm-hmm. because a mom that just gave birth. She's got to get the breastfeeding. Her her breath, her nipples might hurt. She's her her uter, you know, she's bleeding. Her uterus needs to contract around the major blood vessels that were supplied in placenta. You know, we um we don't want to, inf- you know, women that aren't supported and and, and enabled and encouraged to heal in this way have higher rates of all kinds of illness and um uh, physically and mentally, you know, postpartum mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. So, um. I take this very seriously. And, and so how are we going to do this? So, so let's say someone says they, you know, okay, the, the dad can take, or their partner can take off for two weeks. Great. Okay. So, you know, we'll make a calendar. And so is that, can dad do, um, can dad do clean? Uh, so who's going to do, we, we look at each thing, cleaning, errands, meal preparation, and childcare. So sometimes someone will say, uh, oh, he can't clean. <laughs> all right all right can we can we think of hiring someone to clean i mean i just i don't want it's not on your i don't want it to be on your plate to be cleaning right so so, so some people might say i can't afford it all right we'll put that on your registry to have a little maid cleaning service some something that comes once a week or whatever you know whatever just so that it's not on her plate um my mom's coming but she can't cook they just can't cook okay do you have anyone in your church group? Do you have anyone in your, do you ha- are you in any group 
synagogue, mosque, um, homeschooling moms, prenatal yoga class. I it, No. Okay, well, let's form some groups. So I want you to connect with other moms in pregnancy. La Leche League is a great group. They're international. And you can almost like every, I mean, a lot of communities have La Leche League. You know, there's positive birth groups. There's prenatal yoga. I mean, just connect with other moms. Creating that. Because other, other moms, yeah, you need to create yeah. a tra- your community. And um, like, so it's really cool. Like um, in my practice, for example, I, this was an idea that came from a mom um, she, who absolutely had nobody. She was just alone. And she didn't know anyone having a home birth. She felt so alone. So um, she wanted to connect to other moms. So I said, I'll, I know what I could. She says, do you have other moms in your, I said, I know a lot of home birthing moms. I, I you know, how do I connect to it? So I said, you know what? We, we, we figured this, I said, I'm going to put out an email that I'm going to ask every single mom in my practice. Cause I have a mom, I have a mom, I have a list, a group list mm-hmm. of all the moms in my practice. I'm going to email and, um, anyone that allows me to give out your name, their name and contact, I, I'm going to, they're going to give me permission and I'm going to create a list. I, for her at, at just that time, I got three pages of a word document of mm-hmm. moms and it was so much that list grew and grew and grew and grew. It became that people, um, made friends through it. it I, I started to organize it by neighborhood. And they gave, they shared maternity clothes. People donated breast milk. There was a woman who had cancer postpartum and the, everyone was donating. This was before donor milk banks. People gave breast milk at chicken pox parties. So I'm just saying like, like you can, you can ask, you know, if you're mid, your midwife and your doula or, or the childbirth community in your area might know of mom's groups. You know, they're coming back. We had them big here. I used to lead them. I, I had reunions once a year. Um, uh, moms in my practice already, you know, are connecting with each other since that time. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying that there are, I know, childbirth educators and doulas that have mom groups, positive parents, positive birth groups, um, and holistic moms, for example, baby wearing groups. Right. So mm-hmm. moms understand moms. Moms who had babies know what postpartum's like. And mm-hmm. it is hits you like a uh, train wreck if you're not prepared for it. So Next. I want you to prepare for it in the pregnancy so that you're so well supported so that it's not off, you know, I've so that it's just not on your plate. Right. And another thing that comes up, another thing that comes up is that mom is not liking, how, like mom is uh, whatever, not liking how the mother-in-law is, is dealing with um, the sibling issues or, or with the housework. You need to work on letting go of that. Yeah. Obviously, if there's a harm or abuse going on, that's different. But I'm saying like, you know, she's not handling it in the way that you would handle it. Um, you just need to let that go because you need to, that your first priority, if you can't recover and be a mom and be your, be a healthy human being, then it all goes out the door, right? You, you, you can't be there for anybody, your children, including your baby. So that has to be like, I really emphasize that, you know, so in the pregnancy, we make sure before we go into, before we're even term that there, that there's a setup in place. Right. And, yep. and you can put on your registry, postpartum doula. You know, people want to have a registry now. Cleaning services. Of all the things you'll ever use. Food. No, yeah. Do you know? Do you know? No, 
but but you need it because postpartum yeah. i don't want you cleaning right right and if dad is cleaning it might not be the or part and if your partner's clean it might not be the way you're going to clean it but you're going to need to let that's that's what your work is to let that go and just allow yourself to have that time of being off from right. that and then, and the, the, the lack of sleep and the hormone changes and and nipples and the, the nipple soreness and the, the if you tore or just the vaginal perineal sore i mean there's just so much going on and then plus right. the lack of sleep the lack of sleep day yeah. after day i mean after a while right so then i tell i help people in terms of you know what do they tell their friends everyone wants to come and and bring and bring balloons uh, you know so uh, or or newborn to clothes and th or or or, or stuffed animals right bring, bring, so, for mom. Yeah. bring something for mom no 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 you know what they can bring they can bring meals for a week yeah. yeah like I, i'm just saying like like we need to re reorient because that baby's going to grow out sometimes babies nowadays are born they're already out of newborn clothes mm -hmm. yeah and the babies don't play with stuffed animals my dog will but the newborn <laughs> right you know so and and, and balloons Right. right. So so we need to reprioritize. What does mom need? Maybe mom needs a cleaning, you know, a cleaning service for, for a month yeah. to come once a week. That can be in the registry. That's better know? than and, and from, binky. It is. What? It's true. Having a cleaning ser service is better than any baby binky that's on the registry. Oh, my gosh. They come in the house and in two hours your house is spotted. I mean, I mean, it's a heavy cleaning, you know. You know, I, I remember once I, I was visiting a mom postpartum and I do, I tell people all this stuff, but that doesn't mean they're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I came to the house, I was doing a postpartum visit. It was day four and the mother was looking horrible. She had a house full of company mm -hmm. and she was in the kitchen holding a baby that was crying and she was trying to make food. And I'm like, uh, uh, I came in and I got really bossy. She went in her room and she started sobbing to me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, like something was wrong with that picture, you yeah. know? So we gotta, I, I have to be, I, um, we gotta prevent that from happening postpartum. I think the other right? part too is, is managing expectations for how long it takes your body to heal postpartum. Because I had like, for instance, right. I had a patient a couple months ago who was only, six weeks postpartum and she had already been sent to hematology because her H and H was low because her hemoglobin was low and hematocrit was low. And they were so worried that she was looking this anemic. And I'm like, you're not even six weeks postpartum. It can take six months for your red blood cells to reflect back to the, to a pre-pregnancy state. So how can you help support women in just managing their expectations postpartum with how long it takes for your body to heal? It's how long and how it's, it's way longer than you expect. Yeah. Because six weeks postpartum is a medical terminology that was given to when the body no longer physically looks pregnant. So the uterus has returned to non-pregnant size. That does, that does not mean your vagina and your perineum feel like it's ready to have sex yet. Intercourse I'm talking about, that does not mean that you are ready to go back to work full time. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, cause you're still not sleeping completely. You, you, you have a six week baby who is still, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm saying even if you're, I'm, I'm talking to most how do we get into this? Brett, most of, uh, I would say 99.9% .9 of the moms in my practice breastfeed. Um, 
breast is milk is the ideal milk to give the baby if if there is an issue you know i always first time moms or people that have had issues i always encourage them to have lactation consultants ibclc um practitioners on board uh just in case you know just to to make sure the get the breastfeeding go well but there are options if if if, if breastfeeding is a real issue for that mom mm-hmm. and the options include pumping and and feeding pump breast milk there's now donor milk bank because because there is every organization and all the research it does show that breast milk is the best food for the baby the ideal food for the baby i am grateful because i know this is a controversial subject if they can't get those things or a wet nurse i have wet nursed babies before um like friends of mine but you know wet nurse means that i'm nursing someone else's baby um that's what used to be done. That's what the kings and queens used to do. Uh, not the kings, the queens, the aristocracy used to do. Um, but, you know, and, and they do it in, in all kinds of, uh, uh, all kinds of um, throughout history. Uh, if a mom couldn't nurse, the, there would be someone else available who, ha- who was nursing that would nurse the babies. But we do have organic, I'm grateful we do have formula, but we, we, we have to, it is, it's better to feed formula than no food, but breast milk is the ideal food mm-hmm. for a baby. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm not into shaming anyone who can't get uh, access to donor milk. And, you know, so I'm grateful for, and if you're going to do formula, goat milk is, is preferable because yeah. it's more similar to and tolerated, you know, than cow milk. But all right, that being said, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> we digressed. I digress. Holly that is- was a digression, but I could, but I had to say it because a six-week mama, yes. a, a six-week postpartum go. breastfeeding, even even if she's formula feeding, it, it's still she's getting up in the middle of the night. Her sleep is off, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, um, emotionally she is not completely. You are. It's it takes a while to psychologically return to your not to to, to your new non-pregnant self which is called your new mama self. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's just, um, there's so it's, it's considered a major change in life to have a baby. It takes a village to grow mm-hmm. new baby mm-hmm. and new parents. So I just need, you need to honor that. If you, you know, a lot of these modern, I don't know what generation X we're in or whatever, you know, <laughs> if we think we can just go back to being, you know, you know, we can just zoom, we can, we're working remotely. So we can just go back to work and just, you know, mm-hmm. get back to our, th- our, the brain wants to do things maybe, but the body's like, uh-uh, you have to listen. And, and so in pregnancy, I encourage people, that's a skill that, 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 that's honed in pregnancy is to listen to your body because you're, not, you're non-pregnant, you're first time mom, and you're, you want to do 10, you have 10 things that you want to accomplish in this hour. And your body's like, I, I think we're just going to do one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know you're right you know I mean, you, you, so it, that's that. the, you have to listen to that right yeah. and it's not a failure that you have a huge job right now growing your baby so mm-hmm. if your body can only do one we have to listen to your body not what your brain is saying you need to do 10 and so not that, that media is saying either because i think social media has created this huge toxic. like bounce back culture of like here's a mom that's four weeks postpartum they're already in the gym they're doing this and I'm like, why don't we change that to the mom who's on her couch, resting with her baby, having skin to skin, breastfeeding. That's the best thing you could be doing. Like, that's what, that's the most like important that, thing. Yeah. You know, instead of this yeah. bounce back culture. That, that being said, people are telling me economically they don't have the choice. Like, like they, yeah. they, they have to go back. That's so sad. 
because in Norway and Sweden and a lot of European countries and in Japan, you know, women are not required to go back to work. Their paid leave is much longer than in the United States. So that's really sad. So, you know, I, I, I really feel bad about that, but that is a reality I have to acknowledge. And, you know, whatever you can do to support yourself, uh, if you have to go back, I am very lenient on my disability forms um, mm. that we can extend disability and get paid leave longer than six weeks is cruel. Yeah, it is. And other countries have paternal leave too. you know, leave. For yes. The- <laughs> yes. And I just and I just attended a birth not long ago where the dad was on a paid. He got paid paternal leave. I'm like in the United States. Yes. Isn't that cool? We're, so, so that I, I wish I could remember that company. I could ask him, but it's it, it, unfortunately it's not the norm yet. But uh, mm-hmm. he he got a paternal leave, you know, because my son told me when he had my grand my grandbaby that he was so not ready to go back to work. Aww. He didn't even have the baby. He had to go back. They gave him I think three weeks, and he just Aww. wasn't ready. Mom, how can I? Ex- but 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 you know it's it's a big deal for the for the partner too. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and he's a very helpful dad. He's a very involved dad. It's just how he was raised. That's who he is. But you know what were you saying? I mean, I, the dad is up taking care of mom and baby while mom is taking care of baby while she's taking care of herself. Like that's a full time yes. job. In and but of not always. Right. Not always. Like like my uh, so I have so I, I can only tell you. So I've had moms that their dad did not, the dad did not get uh, such a long paternity leave. And uh, like my, uh, here's my daughter, her, her, her husband has, is a full-time, has hard working hours as a cardiologist and he did not get a long leave and she didn't want to wake him because he couldn't function at work. Right. So that was in her mindset. So yeah. she, that was just how they had to fight. Whereas my husband he was going to get up with me because I had insomnia. I couldn't fall back asleep. So I had. I'm going to. I'm like, hey, hey. Yeah. He was going to change the diaper. Yeah. Change the diaper and, and, and burp the baby and do anything and just give me the, just give me the baby to breastfeed. And that was how we functioned Mm -hmm. because he could go right back to sleep. Like he could sleep in a noisy train station, daylight in a chair, just like, but I can't. So I was just, you know, I have to go to sleep because the baby's getting up in a couple hours. I have to go to sleep. And, you know, so everybody's different. Right. But I certainly don't think six weeks is sufficient time to, to have to go back to regular functioning. Are you mama, Especially after a vaginal birth. Cesarean is even longer. No. They're, they're saying cesarean birth three months. I, I don't even think that's long enough. But that's yeah. a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And it's not even, you're not even guaranteed. Even if you have a great job, you're not like one of my past jobs. They, they quote, gave me seven weeks off, but I was paid for two of those. And luckily we were able to make ends meet, but, and but that not was, everybody can. Right. That's for a private practice, you know, so they're not even obligated to pay you for mm-hmm. that six weeks. Right. And that is, it's just mind blowing. Mind- well, it's mind blowing. And it really disturbs yeah. that postpartum period where you feel so pressured to get back to work, to get back to what you're doing instead of fostering that time with your child that you just birthed. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. 
well, crazy. And and I uh, so I can only you know the health profession eats their young, mine included. So I gave birth to my fourth baby, and I had pressure to return to work very you know very soon after uh, uh, it was like yeah I went back part time, but. Um, I'm like, how dare you? You know what it's like. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh, uh, I went back to I went back in nursing school. I went back to clinicals ten days after having a C-section. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just it's right. right. So anyway, yeah. That's wild. But as much as you can protect that, as much as you can tell people in advance, you know, and have visiting hours, designated visiting hours, and and some people like like to not even have visiting hours at all. They like to say take that first two weeks and just it's just for us and whatever works for you. But you really need to protect, like you know, so just let's say a few hours in a day. We would love to see people if they bring dinner or if they take out the garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, however you want to word it, or have a little sign on your door or an automatic message on your text or something like that. But to really create boundaries, and the boundaries are essential. Mm -hmm. For all everybody, mom is not healthy. No one's healthy. Mom is not happy. No one's happy. So that's the priority. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any other last minute thoughts before we wrap up? We want to honor your time. We know you got to get going. Uh, but any last minute thoughts? On I do work? have to work. I have an appointment. <laughs> There's numbers that need your attention. Okay. <laughs> got to get back to yeah. remind our community, please, where they can reach you as well. So, um, honor the postpartum, honor the postpartum with your life. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You will not regret it. And if you are someone who knows someone having a baby, honor their postpartum. Mm -hmm. So think of how you can really support a postpartum mom, right? Uh, so I would say, you know, think of maybe you can help take care, you know, with the cleaning, with the, you know, uh, paying for that or, or meals for a week or even a meal for a dinner or, or something like that, you know, um, errands. Can you do some errands? Can you pick up some things for them? And, you know, that or, or maybe contributing with other people to hire a postpartum doula to give mama a little nurturing, uh, you know, anything that you could do to help them. That's mm -hmm. the priority postpartum. You want to see the baby. That's great. But honestly, the baby doesn't isn't it's not a great idea for everyone to be holding the baby anyway in the beginning. And it's the mama who needs the, mo the most attention. The, who needs the attention? The, ba if the baby is needs mom's attention. Yeah. And if the baby can't get mom's attention, it needs the partner's attention. No, but that's the that's who. Only can really provide you know breast milk comes from the mom pumped bre breast milk can be given by other people but it, baby really shouldn't be you know for the first few months be held by a lot of people anyway right so intimate intimate circle yeah but that's the best way to really help that family is to provide like for the essentials you know those those essential those four essentials in the beginning beautiful Tell us one more time. Reach or... me, reach me, reach me. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. Have your, you say? your website oh, and your Instagram. Yeah. Right. Uh, how, no, because I remember you said that. Um, so website is homesweethomebirth.com. And on there you'll find um, my online guide to pregnancy, birth, postpartum that includes preparing for postpartum and pregnancy. It's it's huge. Don't just wait to postpartum and, and start, you know, like be in it and, and look for help then that's not where you should you need to get arrange that ahead of time 
right? To, to set mm -hmm. yourself up for the support that you need, as we have done throughout the world for thousands of years of helping mamas postpartum. It takes a village, so you know, to, to help moms and new parents. Mom is helping baby. Mom, yeah. The couple is helping the baby. And um, yeah, it has uh, my book, Natural Birth Secrets, which has um, a lot of the natural modalities that you can use I'm specifically, it has a lot of things, but I'm talking about right now postpartum, um, like what can you do for the nipple soreness? What can you do for your fatigue and insomnia? What can you do for your mood swings? And, and, and what are signs of postpartum depression and anxiety? And, and what do you do for that holistically? Um, what, what, what's normal bleeding? What, what, what happens to my body postpartum? What's it doing actually? You know, it's yeah. all in there in the book, Natural Birth Secrets. Um, second edition, all the natural modalities for all the common ailments and what to expect so that you don't fear it, you embrace it and um, prepare to, for support for it. And my Instagram page is at home sweet on birth, but it's for, it's for birth in all settings. It's that model of care. Well, thank you so much. I learned so much, and I know you are even more prepared. Baby number four, just all the things that you remember going through. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve. It was, it was a, a pleasure. Time. We really, really appreciate having you on, and we will link everything in the show notes where you guys can get in touch with Anne, follow her, learn from her, download all her resources, guides, grab her book, and we are just so thankful this for this conversation. Grateful to be here. Yeah. Until next time. Bye-bye. Until next time. We hope you've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the Discovery Doc podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Discovery Doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional 
professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourage listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.